The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Good morning, Long Island, and welcome to DDI on Autism on 103.9 FM, keeping an eye on autism and giving a voice to its Long Island community. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Romas. Again, so glad that you can join us this morning as we share and explore all relevant issues related to autism spectrum disorder. My guests this morning are here to represent the Nicholas Center. We have with us Jeremy Scalchoons, Associate Executive Director of Programs, Brooke Millett, Program Director, and returning guest, Leanne Vitrone, Director of Development. Welcome, folks. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, please. Thank you for so much for taking this time to visit us. Uh, you know, for many of our listeners, uh, this will be the first time hearing about the Nicholas Center. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the center and your roles there? Yes, I will uh, start. Mike, Leanne, uh, Director of Development. So the Nicholas Center is entering its 12th year. Uh, based here on Long Island in Port Washington, and we have expanded in the last two years to Westchester County, New York, Pleasantville, New York. And we like to say that the Nicholas Center is revolutionizing the way autistic individuals learn, live, and work. So we were formed, uh, as I said, 12 years ago as an answer to a need, a question, what happens when the school system uh, ends for individuals with autism, which is typically 21. Um, they call that the cliff, where services and supports literally stop. And um, individuals face an 85% under-engagement and um, under-employment or non-employment uh, rate. So then what happens? How do we support those individuals? How do we support the families and loved ones and communities where these individuals would like to live and work? And so that was the impetus for founding the Nicholas Center. Uh, one of our three co-founders' son is named Nicholas, so we're named after him. And we have uh, done just that. So we literally have revolutionized the way um, that, that individuals can enter the world, participate with their community, um, participate with each other and form peer connections and actually have vocational skills training, uh, support on the job and possibly paid employment. And that's the hope to gain independence. So um, we're thrilled to be able to share our story and our successes. And um, I will turn it over to my two colleagues to share a little bit about what they do. Absolutely. That gives us a nice sense of the why behind the Nicholas Center. And also, as I understand it, that there is a personal connection, at least at the founding uh, juncture for this. So that usually tells me that it's impassioned and that it has some real heart attached to it, which is often the case when you work in this area. Yes. Of, uh, absolutely. So I've got two of, we've got three co-founders. Two of them are moms with sons on the spectrum. And the third is a young man who worked closely with one of them. So, yes, they all are interconnected uh, and, and closely tied to this field. Right. So the need is around what you aptly call the, the cliff. And yeah. you know, all of us in the field are sensitive to exactly what, what, you, got, what you mean. So, uh, Brooke, Jeremy, how do you fill that gap? What are you, what are you doing? How, yeah. Um, well, the hopefully the the saying the twenty one year old Cliff is not going to exist much longer. We're trying to change that. But what that's alluding to essentially is that um, a lot of individuals on the autism spectrum, when they are going through the the schooling system, um, they each have individualized education plans. Um, they, you know, and, and some schools are certainly better than others. 
others, but uh, there's a community integration piece to their schooling. There's uh, all different types of service practitioners who come in and will work with the individual, whether it be speech or occupational therapy or applied behavior analysis. And um, essentially, a lot of the individual's goals are likely to be met throughout their high school experience. And then, um, you know, something that's uh, unfortunate about the the industry that we work in is that after that, after an individual turns 21, um, there are not a lot of uh, meaningful and fulfilling opportunities uh, for, for, for individuals on the autism spectrum. And uh, 12 years ago, Stella Spinakos, one of our co-founders, um, she uh she felt that way. She felt as if the 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 goals for the the options for her son were uh, not in line with the goals that she had for him, and she had the fortitude to uh, take matters into her own hands and to start the Nicholas Center. Um, so what we uh, try to do is we are a, a center that has three core areas: uh, learning and social development, uh, which under the, that department falls health and wellness programs, creative arts programs, um, literacy classes, uh, current events classes. This room that we're in right now is a media room where we are starting our own podcast and we have our own news channel that the participants can take part in. So that's one area of life that they are able to experience. And then we have community integration, which uh, my colleague here, Brooke, uh, is the 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 pioneer of. She has created over thirty partnerships in the community here in Port Washington, where the participants can go and experience uh, different industries, different nonprofits, meaningful volunteer work in a variety of different areas. That's you know fulfilling for not only the participants but the the staff whom who support them, and then. Uh, the third area is vocational training and, and actual job placement. Uh, we have partnerships with our sister agency, Spectrum Designs, who have employed over 30 individuals on the autism spectrum. Uh, we have uh, we have uh, a team here who is uh, they they act as uh, advocates to go out into the community and try to get uh, employers of various industries to become neuroinclusive and hire individuals on the autism spectrum. And then we also have a vocational training department here too. Um, so those are the three main areas that we that we uh, seek to address. And I like to say that our center tries to uh, uh, encompass all things life for for an adult on the autism spectrum. I like the way you frame that. In fact, one of the sub uh, subheadings, if you will, around this particular show is all things autism. So, if there's a right, if there's a connection to the larger field of field of autism, if you want if you want to call it that, uh, whether it's for families or parents or clinicians or researchers or uh, politicians and money people, all things, and that's why I'm so delighted that you made this time that can improve or of interest to people who are in the lives as well as living the lives of people on the spectrum. That's what we want to know. So I really do like the way you the way you frame that. So Brooke, the community integration person, and uh, a bit of, yeah. a, and if I got that right, you have affected a lot of partnerships. I mean, a lot of partnerships. 
who are these partnerships with and what's the goal of the partnerships? And I, I will ask yeah, how you got there. Uh, yeah, how, of course. I know that. I mean, it's very clear that, you know, not just myself, but uh, my two colleagues here and the rest of our team here are just very passionate about what we do and very passionate about our mission at the Nicholas Center. So with that passion comes so much greatness that, you know, comes from because we all want the best for our individuals. So I really, I worked, I worked very hard. I did. I I'm very proud of myself and what I've done. I'm proud of our team that, you know, we're all on the same page with like, you know, reaching out to these partners because I'm not the only one. It's, it takes a village, you know, like I'm one person, I can't do everything. So our team is just so, I always say, I can't stress this enough how lucky we are to have this fabulous, fabulous team that we work with every day, which is the staff, our supervisors, everyone in the community we're all just so great but anyway getting back to how i got these party <laughs> because i always have to talk about our staff because i yes. love them so much they're like they're our, they're like our core here yeah. because they're the ones that work with our individuals all day you know and they're in it so if they're good and they're feeling proud about what they're they're doing and they're happy it's going to trickle down to our participants so it's a you know it's really nice but yeah so it you know i got i started you know i, I went into town i met i went into different businesses i made some phone calls. I advocated for what we do and who we are. And I just, you know, I use, I use my, you know, my charm and personality, you know, like <laughs> really get them and lure them in, to be honest. Like, I'm just, a, that's just how I am. Because when you're passionate about something, it's going to show. This is all natural, all natural and real. I'm very authentic. You can tell us and partners. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we volunteer with um, North Shore Animal League. We volunteer with, um, uh, we have a thrift store in our building. Um, it's called thrift, um, uh, Twin Pines Thrift Shop. So we volunteer with them. We volunteer with other nonprofits um, in the community where we were doing a plant and roll program where we are harvesting um, uh, plants in the community and giving it to people in need. We have a greenhouse in one of our buildings. So really like we like, our whole mission is giving back to our community with our community inclusion program. So we always want to give back to our community and work with other nonprofits in, in the, the making of that. So that's really what it is. And so that's, you know, that's how, how we do it. Well, you know, it really, do, it really does start there. I and mean, I want you to know, I genuinely, I think our listeners do too, will appreciate that passion that you're referencing there. You, you really have to align yourself, just as I think you're suggesting, Brooke, and everybody here, you have to align with your, yourself with the mission. That's That has to be authentic, and I, that's coming through loud and clear. You know, we're going to go to a very quick break. Uh, when we come back on the other side, let's talk a little bit about some of the initiatives that you have going on right now, uh, what some of that outreach looks like, and also how you make the match between some of the people that come to your table and the best possible opportunities. And also, very, very important, we want to spend some time on the reciprocity that occurs between the match of individuals and the community, because that's at the heart of what you do. Stay with us. We're talking to representatives from the Nicholas Center. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Long Island. You're listening to DDI on Autism on 103.9 FM. I'm Dr. Michael Romas, continuing my conversation with the representatives from the Nicholas Center. We have with us Jeremy, and we have Brooke, and we have Leanne, returning guest Leanne. Guys, we just left off on such an important 
area, which is the initiatives that are coming out of that very rich passion that you have been sharing. Um, you know, I'm looking a little bit about what I have seen and heard a little bit, a little bit uh, about what our <laughs> what our port provides. What we what, what what are we referring to here? Or is it port providers? What what is port providers? Actually, right. So our it's our new program. We're very excited to launch it actually this week. Right. Um, and it is called Port Provides, powered by the Nicholas Center. Thank you. So um, this is a program which is bringing together vulnerable populations, the individuals whom we serve with autism, and those in need within our communities where we live and work. And in this instance, it's Port Washington, New York on Long Island. Uh, the, the program came out of an urgent need during COVID, where we partnered with our local community chest organization, stepping in when there was a need, a very urgent need, and um, and kept that going. And so um, Brooks can explain a little bit about that. But the, um, the idea is for us, the Nicholas Center, to take that over. So we have done that officially this week, and we are going to be spearheading it. Um, bringing together, as I said, these vulnerable populations, but serving each other and accomplishing the goals of both. And so we're really proud to be able to take this on. It's a big, it's a big task. And um, Brooks can ex- explain a little bit about how it began with the community chest and uh, where we're hoping to go with it. Mm-hmm. Brooke, just to make sure I'm clear, when you say bring together vulnerable populations, this would be populations, more than one profile, not one particular characterization, right? So this could be vulnerable populations in other ways besides, say, around cognition or uh, maybe, uh, you know, economic issues. I'm not, so maybe we could just kind of flesh that out a little bit more about around what the, you know, who the vulnerable populations are or could be. Okay. Um, so I'll start off with how we, when we first came about this. So we were coming back from quarantine. We were back in, we came back in, uh, in June 2020. And so for us, our, a big part of our program, right, is our community inclusion program. And so since we, everything went, you know, was shut down. So we're like, okay, like, what are we going to do? I kind of had to build up the program back up to where it was. We had to start with like with nothing again. So when we came back on site, I went straight to our, um, our neighbors at the community chest. I'm like, you know, listen, like, what, what can we do for you? What can you do for us? How can we help out this community? Because again, that's our mission, right? And so she was like, Brooke, thank, thank God you came at the right time. This is what we're doing. And I'm like, we are on it. So we basically started in July, July 2020. And we were part of, it was called the Port Pantry Supply Squad. That's what they called it. And then we would go and we would, we would gather, we would put together all these different household items we would lay them out we started in the gym in the in one of the high schools in Port Washington we would meet them and that's really the, when the baby started this program it was so nice so we basically had we would lay out all the items unpack all the items they would get all the items like like um soaps and toilet paper and paper towels and detergent and dish like all all the things you name it like things like toothbrushes I can go on and on and so the uh, we call ourselves the navigators because we navigate around the community and so the navigators they went to the, to the program so we we would take um bags we make bags of for, you know, all the items. And so we would put them all in the bags and then we would deliver them to like six of our food pantries, the local food pantries in our community. And that's how we would do it. So we would gather all the items together, bag them all up and then deliver them. Like some food pantries would get like 
50 bags at a time. And each week, each pantry got a different number of bags. And we would do, we would do the whole process from the beginning to the end. That's why it was so incredible for us because we were, we we're now beginning to be a part of something so much bigger than we imagined. Right. And, like this is, you know, like this is exactly what the community needs. It's exactly what we needed for our program and our participants, like the meeting behind all of it. And so we now like, so we started this, we started just helping thinking, okay, we'll do it for COVID. Like, you know, co clearly COVID's not going away, but it was a lot, you know, it was a lot different back you know, in 2020 than it is now. But we're like, wow, like this need, it, like Leanne said before, this need is not going away. So, it, we're, so the what we're providing is we're providing for people in you know who were affected by COVID, maybe who still are are not you know able to get a job. Like we don't really you know we don't really know the families that are you know are getting them. That's not part of what we do. We are just bringing them to the pantries and the families go to the pantries and pick up these items. But there, you know, there's so many people who, you know, still need, you know, the, the items because of like the COVID or not having, you know, having low incomes or, you know, maybe not having a job. We don't all really definitely know, but man, well, we are, say, Mike, it would be senior citizens all right. the way through to infants. So it really affects right. The, diapers the, were a big spectrum. thing. You're right. Diapers and wipes were part of it. We did it. That was like in a separate part. We did diapers and wipers and we delivered meat people who needed, you know, like chicken and, and brisket or something like we had all these things that the community chest was funding and now like that's not their mission so like oh my god like they can't do it anymore how are we we can't let this program go we need to help like well like of course we need to so we could so we did so much leanne and the rest of our team did so much to to like get this program to back afloat you know and to continue it once the community chest is not able to you know fund it anymore we're taking it over and we're just so grateful and so lucky and hopeful like that this is going to be a forever thing, you know? So I have to say, I think it's such a great, such good, good work. And now I know exactly what you mean about uh, affecting a real partnership that, that we've been talking about. This sounds like it was a real lifeline and will continue to be during a period of significant crisis for to as now, now I understand to a very vulnerable population who otherwise would have been left just hanging, especially during this, this period. So it's, it's really, obviously it's really good work. And again, it's the kind of work that benefits a lot of different constituencies, right? A lot of people are benefiting from this. Um, Jeremy, is there like any kind of infrastructure that has to be put in place to make this work? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, no, we, you know, we have um, many different departments and, and uh, you know, very trustworthy and passionate people, as Brooke was alluding to earlier, who oversee those departments. Um so absolutely, there's a great deal of of infrastructure that goes into making this ship sail. There's no there's no doubt about that. Uh, but you know, we really believe that uh, you know one of our one of our core values is is people, and, and we really do believe that it 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 uh, everything trickles down from the the people that we hire and the people that we have here. Mm -hmm. uh, and and you know, we when we are hiring. Uh, which we are, you know, we are very diligent about. We make sure that uh, people understand our mission and they're in line with it and they're they're driven by it. And uh, once they they prove that to us, uh, 
you know, and we, we, they, we give them a fair amount of ownership over their particular area. And, uh, you know, and, and when you do that and when you empower people to, uh, who, who believe in what you're doing and want to be a part of it and they, they've earned your trust, um, you know, they, they want to go above and beyond to, to make their departments, uh, thrive. And when you have that philosophy for each and every department, that's kind of what makes up the whole of, uh, the Nicholas Center. So yes, there's absolutely infrastructure, but that's certainly the philosophy that goes into uh, orchestrating all of it. Why don't, why don't we spend a moment and talk about what you're looking for when you make a decision to hire and what kind of training is required to be good at what you do here? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, like I said, you know, I, I definitely look for people who are passionate about our mission. Uh, I, I, do believe that what we're doing, well, not, I believe, I know that what we're doing is unique to, uh, this industry. Uh, our, our model, you know, really is, it it doesn't really exist elsewhere in the world. Uh, so we are, uh, I personally make sure that the person is driven by what we do. They want to be a part of it and that they, that the, their spirit and their energy, uh, reflects that, uh, I, you know, I, experience is always a plus but it's not everything for us mm-hmm. we are people who uh we have a really good training and onboarding uh regimen here and we believe that uh even somebody who may not have all the experience in the world given our our model and the way that we uh train we can you know so long as they have you know the, the attributes i mentioned earlier an open mind good spirit good, good energy feel uh like they're they're part of a mission uh we feel like we can get them to a really strong place through our uh through through our our training programs yeah i have no doubt in fact the way you frame that and characterize it certainly resonates with me experience you can always get experience you're not necessarily ever going to get the heart and the character required this kind of good work so it is an important departure point We've only touched on a, uh, we've only scratched the surface on, on the good work you've done. And I'm especially, just, I think our listeners will be as well, to know more about how you not only survived, but thrived uh, during the pandemic. So I'm going to ask you to come back so that we can continue this conversation next week. Will you come back? Yes. yes. Yeah. Be here. No, we'll look forward to it too. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now you're listening to DDI and Autism. 103.9 FM. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Romas. Looking forward to continuing our conversation next week. Look forward to seeing you all then. Bye now. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.